0: Welcome to the Pottercast, episode number two. I'm Michael Potter. Thanks a bunch for joining me. Well, like a lot of guys, I always grew up wanting to do a martial art, but never getting around to it. And as I got older, I started thinking, man, if you don't do this soon, you're never going to do it. So I decided to go for it. I've been drawn to Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So I found a gym in Glendale, and I thought, you know what? I'm just going to go for it and see what happens. Very nervous walking through the doors, but I'm really glad I did. It was one of the best decisions of my life because I walked in the doors of the MMA lab and met a guy named John Crouch and have been training at the MMA lab ever since. John Crouch, if you follow MMA, if you follow UFC, you know he's one of those legends. He trained with the Gracie. He's got his black belt from Hoist Gracie. He trained Benson Henderson, works with Jared Cannonier, And today he's got three guys on the UFC 259 card coming up this weekend. Mario Bautista, Kyler Phillips, and Casey Kinney that he works with. And as he's training those fighters, he also trains newbies like me. Uh, starts with white belts and blue belts and all the way to black belts and everybody in between. So it's awesome to go in there and get mat time and learn from a guy like John Crouch. The coolest thing, though, to me about Coach Crouch and getting to know him is just he's a really good dude, really cares about his students, cares about his fighters, cares about the culture of the gym that he's creating, and really cares about Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So I really enjoyed catching up with Coach Crouch. I enjoyed training with him on a regular basis, and I hope you enjoy this Pottercast with John Crouch. All right, welcome to the Pottercast. Our guest today is uh, John Crouch, and uh, I'll call him Coach, because I trained at his, at his jiu-jitsu gym. So, Coach, thanks for being on the podcast.
1: Of course, man. Thanks for
0: having me. So, your story, I, when I came here and started training, I found your story specifically really interesting. You're a pretty humble guy, so you might not think it's as interesting as I do. But <laughs> but, 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 I look back, and I mean, you kind of got into jiu-jitsu with, like, the, the jiu-jitsu family, the Gracies, back right when UFC was kicking off, right when all that stuff was happening, when it was becoming very popular, are starting to get popular in America. What drew you to jiu-jitsu back in, was it 93? I,
1: so, yes, it was around that time. The first UFC was in 93, I believe. And then um, uh, what happened was my, my mom gave me a, a gift of taekwondo school membership. And so I liked it. I always liked to rough house. I played football and stuff and always loved to bang around. And um, my instructor there... Was the head of the Arapaho County Sheriff's Self Defense or uh, the Police Tactical Squad. So he had been sent to the Gracie Academy to train with Horian and Hoyce. And when he came back, he started teaching us jujitsu. Well, I really liked it, and these little guys were killing me with jujitsu. And so I started taking it, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, and it was right after UFC won. So it wasn't because of the UFC, um, but before you as ufc2 hit then i i went to the academy but i loved it and so um, my my brother lives in southern california or lived in southern california and i went and stayed with him and trained at the gracie academy every every day a few times a day and that's what got me started in it
0: did you always have an interest in in martial arts
1: I loved martial arts, but, like, I wasn't one of those guys that liked to watch Bruce Lee movies. Right. Like, you couldn't force me to sit through <laughs> those movies. And I don't know what it was about it, um, uh, but I always liked being physical. I boxed a little bit as a kid, and I wrestled a little bit as a kid, and um, I loved all the physicality of that. Uh, but i had always been interested in it, but never had taken the next step.
0: What was it about jiu-jitsu that attracted you? Because you said you did some taekwondo, but once you found jujitsu, it was just... Jitsu.
1: yeah i think maybe you know we hit things at times in our lives that it's the right time for us and uh i love that it was so effective in fighting i mean little people that i outweighed by 50 60 pounds were you know choking me and arm locking me and i was losing in matches to these guys when i was clearly physically more athletic maybe maybe stronger and so i i love the idea of being able to do that the whole idea of the um being able to defend yourself against the bigger, stronger, tougher person, that really appealed to me. So maybe that's what jiu-jitsu got into my soul, how how it got there.
0: When you went out to Southern California, I mean, now the Gracies are, you know, they're the family that made jiu-jitsu, jiu-jitsu, and brought it to America and everything. Was it like that when you went out there? Did you realize, hey, this is the royal family of jiu-jitsu I'm with right now?
1: Well, for me it was because I had, you know, I watched twice in the UFC, yeah. and I'd seen him fight in two, three And then I moved out there just after that. And so seeing him was like, oh, my goodness. But really nobody knew of them. Only martial artists, only people that, you know, trained seriously knew about it, you know, because at that point in time, there's still a huge amount of denial from other martial arts. Well, jujitsu doesn't work if we do this. It doesn't work if we do this. And and the people in, that really knew were already kind of doing that. There was there was people doing MMA, mm-hmm. you know, um, but it wasn't well publicized. So uh, the, the idea that you could protect yourself was really my favorite part.
0: So fast forward to today, if you're on a gym, have a fight team, guys fighting in all the great, you know, UFC, belt, we everywhere. Did you think that might be the case when you first started training? Did you have a goal in mind? No, I, I mean,
1: I just wanted to,
0: I love jujitsu. And I stayed
1: in Torrance for five or six years. And then I was a uh, first degree purple belt when I came home and opened my own school. And it was very small school, hugely unsuccessful. Uh, <laughs> like never, it didn't pay our bills, you know, and right, right. it didn't go great. And I, I got a lot of great long-time students from there. Out of that school, there's probably eight or nine black belts nowadays, which is great. Yeah. But I didn't have commercial success at all. So I had personal success in that I have some really great friends and some people that love jujitsu jitsu came through there. But as a school owner, oh my gosh. So no, I always thought I would just have a, a jiu school. And then my friend who I trained with at the Gracie Academy opened the MMA lab in Phoenix. And uh, he asked me if I'd like to come to the grand opening. And uh, we hadn't seen each other in years. I came down. It was beautiful. Hoist was here. So I got to see Hoist. And uh, he met one of my fighters. I had, I had just started teaching fighters. And it was Alvin Robinson, mm-hmm. who was in the UFC. And Jason loved him, loved Alvin. Alvin's this great kid, great competitor. And he's like, hey, we should start a fight team here. I was like, I, I don't know anything about it. But, uh, you know, I was tired of the snow yeah. and I wanted to do jujitsu more. And so I moved down and, and it kind of built to what it is now.
0: How did that happen when you first started training your very first fighter?
1: I was at the little place, the little unsuccessful business that I owned. And uh, and this kid walked across the parking lot, I could see him. And uh, his mom, who's a great lady, Brajita, was an awesome lady, was with him. And he looked... Brazilian, he literally looked like one of the Gracie boys, and I was thinking, okay, it's going to be somebody in here to challenge me. So I was ready to like really roll around and yeah. you know do my best. And uh, he walked in, and turns out his wrestling program at Southern Colorado had been canceled, so he'd come home to just had come home and saw his mom, went to Hobby Lobby, which was next door to us, with her, saw the school, and they came in, and he was looking for something to do. And I asked him, you know. Well, you, are you wanting to compete or do you want to just, you know, is it a hobby? And he goes, no, I want to fight in the UFC. That was his first sentence to me, first words he said to me. And I was like, oh, okay, well, we can do that. And we did.
0: So you probably get that a lot now because you have a successful fight team. What do you What do you look for when, because I'm sure you get a lot of people come up and say, hey, I want to be on the fight team. Like, like how do you decide who gets on the fight team? Who doesn't? What are you looking for?
1: Just consistency. All I want is consistent effort. That's all I care about because it's we depend on each other. It's an individual sport, but it's so important that you have teammates that care about you and can help prepare you. So if you're not prepared to be consistent, then you are not going to be on our team. You have to show up. So that is it. I mean I'd love it if somebody was a world champion, whatever and <laughs> and consistent. Right. But I'll take somebody that's terrible and will show up every day. Yeah. That's what I want.
0: So we've talked a little bit about this, but so you're you're into the arts as well. Um, is is there a little bit of a correlation there between arts and jujitsu and, and, and what you do, is there is there a crossover there? Is that you think maybe that's what attracted you jujitsu a little bit?
1: Maybe. I don't see a ton of musicians in jiu jitsu, but I feel like in life it's all like that. You find something that you're passionate about, and you put consistent effort and love and time into it, and you can get good. So, um, you know, I taught high school marching band, which nobody cares about, <laughs> right? Only the people involved. Just in the it. people
0: they're crazy but about. But they yeah.
1: are so passionate yeah. as I was when yeah. I did it, and so um, I find that to be exactly the same passionate people who are ready to put their whole heart and soul in something. So in that way, I think it's exactly the same as jiu-jitsu or fighting. Um, but as far as correlations otherwise, not not too
0: many. Not too much. So going back to the, to the fighting in the UFC, I mean, UFC nowadays compared to UFC in 1993, a lot of different changes. I mean, what are some of the biggest things that you've seen with the fighters today and the fight teams and things today, difference from when everything first started?
1: Well, initially it was about art versus art. Judo against wrestling, wrestling against karate, karate against jujitsu. Like, <clears throat> everybody was kind of a singular mm. – they practiced a singular thing. So, And the first UFCs were advertised that, oh, we're going to see what the best art is. And that's that was Horny and Gracie's mm-hmm. marketing. He was selling jiu-jitsu to the world, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, so with time, and you see things that are successful – then people started adopting and cross training and everything. So the difference, I think the biggest difference now, other than the commercial success and the money and all, like it's a mainstream sport. ESPN plays, you know, UFC highlights all the time. And that's amazing. And it's kind of weird still, (laughs) but, uh, other than that, you know, that's obviously a difference. But the martial arts themselves are way well, more well-rounded. They're great strikers. They're great wrestlers. They're black belts in jiu-jitsu. You know, they've done this and that and this and that. And they're they're experts. You're not going to yeah. be able to – you can't, oh, we'll just tackle that guy and it'll be fine. You you really have to be good at everything to be at the highest level of the sport.
0: So when you have somebody who comes in and says, hey, I want to get in this, I want to be a professional fighter, they've got to get good at at everything
1: yeah and that's the hard part right like you, you have to be you have to be able to wrestle you have to be able to do, handle yourself on the ground however you like that for me it's jujitsu sambo there's some other stuff on the ground kick kickboxing boxing muay thai all those pancreas all those things add up in their different styles and then you also have to be in incredible physical condition so it is hard to be really good at it because there's so many demands on your time. There's only so many hours a day. Right. You know, there are people that are really good at jujitsu that that's what they do for eight hours a day. They train and train and train. So now you got to take some of that time away from jujitsu and put it into striking and your strength and conditioning and your wrestling. So you're you're stealing from each one. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's a tough go.
0: If you were building it from, I mean, because nowadays you said it's mainstream. There are kids who are saying, I don't want to play baseball. I don't want to play football. I want to fight MMA. Would you have them get used to, or, you know, dabble in kind of everything and get good at everything at the same time? Or would you say, hey, let's get your black belt in jiu-jitsu. Then let's move on to this. Then let's move on to this.
1: Honestly, if you want to be an MMA athlete, I think wrestling is the way to start. Because they compete all the time. They get used to competitions. They don't get... Competition isn't there's no weird mental hang up with competing. They go into practice on Monday and they have to compete for their tournament spot on Wednesday. So they then they go to the tournament on Wednesday and they compete on Wednesday, and right. then they compete again on Friday to make sure they get their spot on Saturday. Then they compete on Saturday and come back and and that's year round. So by the time they get to and you know they. Like we just said, anything you apply yourself to and you put love and time into, you're, you can be good at. So then you take that same passion and energy and you put it into jujitsu and striking, and that all adds up. But I I think for and, – and there's other people that are good at other stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Stephen Thompson's a karate guy. He grew up and was one of the great full-contact karate competitors. So competitions don't phase him he shines when the lights come on, you know, he's a great competitor, so it's, I'm not saying that's the only way, but wrestlers are definitely, like, for Stevie, he, he was raised in those competitions, competed his whole life like that, and then went to the UFC, well, it's just another competition, you know, like, it's a big one, but it's still, he's done it, and so, it's not the only way, but for me, that's what I would recommend, is start wrestling, get used to the grind, get used to the it's just tough. It sucks and you have to push through because fighting's tough and it sucks and you have to push through sometimes.
0: That's one thing I've talked to a lot of like professional athletes. The one comment thread, they're all very competitive. They like they love to compete when the lights come on. They actually want to compete when the lights are off. They want to compete about everything. Do you kind of see that common thread in the top top martial arts guys? Yeah, you have
1: to. If you're not competitive, you probably should try something else, you know? Yeah. Because it's there are Can people. You teach that want, that or? I, I feel like it's inherent. Yeah. Like obviously you train it and you hone it, but I feel like it's a God-given thing. You know, Ben Henderson is my business partner here, a good friend of mine, and he was, you know, world champion in the UFC. There's nobody more competitive than Ben. You know, like he'll compete with you at Monopoly. <laughs> if you start <laughs> yeah. beating him at Tiddlywinks, he's going to be mad and he's going to want to play you again, and again, yeah, and again until he yeah. can win. So I feel like I like. I've shown Ben some moves, and we've been through a lot in our lives, but I, I didn't – like, he brought that to the table with him, his competitive nature.
0: Can you tell that about somebody when you when you first – when they first show up?
1: Yeah, through the drills and what we're doing, you can. You know, there's a – there's difference. There's people that like to talk about it, you know, and they're – and that's okay. Like, people are a little more mouthy, or a little bit more verbal, great. But you can see – those quiet ones i like that like benson where he's just he doesn't say too much right he's just there again he'll show up again 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 people have asked me if he was oh did you know he was something special i didn't i knew he was really tough and i knew he kept coming back he went to every class for years and years and years and years and then all of a sudden he was just better than everybody else you know all of a sudden, overnight.
0: <laughs> All of a sudden, 15 years yeah. or 10 you years know what later. I mean? yeah. Like the yeah.
1: Beatles, like Tiger Woods. Yeah. You ever you ever met, read that Gladwell book? Um,
0: yeah, The Outliers. Yeah, The yeah. Outliers.
1: And that whole, yeah. you know, it's based on Erickson's psychological studies. Yeah. You know, his book is basically, uh, oh, I don't know, um, you know, like a, the pop version of the right. psychological studies, which is fine, uh, uh, but it's, it's a valuable lesson that – that success isn't as quick as you think it is. Right. You know, you look at somebody because you haven't heard of them yesterday. You think they're an overnight success. Well, they've been doing this for 20 years. And, and you know, Benson wrestled in high school. He was a taekwondo black belt as a kid. You know, yeah. and he wrestled in college. And he'd been bringing all this stuff up. So, you know, people never heard of him. All of a sudden, six fights in, oh, yeah. who's, who's this guy? Well, he's been working under the cover of darkness for a long <laughs> time, you know. Yeah. And that's true for... I think all the greats, you know, there's no overnight successes.
0: Yeah. I I mean, different story, but I was watching Chase Hooper after, after his last fight, and he kind of said, I've been doing this a lot longer than I'm young, but I've been doing this since I was like six years old. So, you know, so, you know, he's a little bit of, you know, still a lot to learn, but one of those guys, he's been doing it for 15 years, even though he's still really young. Well,
1: and you got to love his attitude about like, he's okay with learning, you know, and um, the UFC kind of helps support it almost turns you into caricatures of who you were, you know, Yeah, because you, you get support and you get love for acting a certain way. And then you start acting that way to get the support and love where it might have been super genuine at first. Mm-hmm. So he plays the goofy kid now. And I hope he doesn't stick with that. Mm-hmm. I hope because he's a serious student of the game. Like he, he's that's a competitive guy. Mm -hmm. You know, to go through the whooping he took the other night and then come back and win at the end, that's a competitive kid, you know, and he seems like a really nice guy and he works hard. So I'd like for him, you know, as a fan, Mm -hmm. I'm root for him to take on a more serious persona and be like, hey, you can't talk about me like this. I'm I'm working, you know, like, yeah. Keep doubting me but I'm working, you know. Yeah. So, I uh, I I like that about him that he loves his sport, he loves what he does and in 5 years he'll be way better than he is now, you know.
0: How, how do you handle as the coach you're not out there fighting, but how do you handle the highs and lows? I mean, you win and it's it's great, but then you you can have some really tough defeats there. How, how do you internalize those when your athlete has those those highs and lows? How do you deal with that?
1: It just hurts, you can't there's no way like you just suffer. It's life. What are you going to do? You know, as long as you give your best, then there's no other way to go about it. And, you know, you, you always have the same conversations after you're done. You know, hey, we did everything we could or we need to do this better. You know, and as long as there's been some there's been some that have just been devastating. And as you get older and you've been through it more, it never hurts less. <laughs> it never hurts less. Yeah. But it hurts less long, you know? Because yeah. you understand that it's part of the it's just part of it. So internalize everything and you try to learn from your mistakes. But it's there's no Yeah. There's no easy way of going through it.
0: I remember I was talking to Dan Marley one time and he said, Mike, you don't understand he said he said losing is misery and winning is just relief sometimes yeah. it's not uh, it's not that high it's just relief
1: you know it's funny to hear you say that but i i heard uh, bill parcells talk about it i think he was coaching the cowboys at the time yeah. you know but long time successful guy with the giants and then the patriots and, yeah hall of famer yeah and when he retired he was like he goes winning hurts just as much and losing is just relief and i feel like that yeah. i'm like oh good. <laughs> <laughs> okay good we got one you know in the books. <laughs> I, i've started to feel like that of course i'm happy for them yeah but you feel a sense i feel a huge sense of responsibility for their performances and how they do yeah and so it's a relief that okay good oh, okay we did it right you know like we got it done and uh i i think that coaches that are in this game a long time i think they all feel like that yeah. you know that youthful exuberance of winning when you're young yeah it changes and you're just glad you know that they can go home to their family with two paychecks and their health and be good to go you know right okay like i i totally agree with what you said marley said i i feel like that all the time
0: does it matter the the uh the promotion whether it's usc belt nope. or some some fight downtown with the kid's first fight no all the same
1: all the same just as important yeah every fight's important you know i he said that to Ben early, and now he says it to all the kids in his own way. It doesn't matter if it's your first fight ever, or your first, you know, your first amateur fight out of state, your pro debut, your your fight on the contender series to get in the UFC, your first UFC fight, the UFC championship. There's pressure in all those, and it's equal. Like you have to do well, so they're all important every yeah. single fight's important. I remember somebody asked me that question, is there one memorable fight in your mind for over your career and I said all of them. Every single one is important to the person that was there. Right. To that guy that night, it was the most important fight ever. So no, I don't have one, but they're all super important.
0: You mentioned earlier about about consistency and showing up and and it's an individual deal when you're out there but it's also a team how, how do you build that because the feeling here is a real family kind of team deal and when I see guys fight I'll see Ben in the corner you know helping somebody else out uh, when 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 uh, Jared's fighting and and other guys you know helping all the time how do you build that culture I
1: think for it's probably a little bit my nature and when I set out to do it that's what I wanted to do with Alvin we, he was like my little brother you know I loved him I would have We would have walked through fire for each other you know and and then benson came because he liked alvin alvin's a very spiritual man you know like his faith is very important in his life and ben's the same way it's a very important thing to him and so he saw alvin living his life that way and being a good competitor and he loved it so he came and joined us and ben and i hit it off right away so like and that just perpetuates itself you know, you draw certain sorts of people. There's been there have been people that come here and didn't like it at all. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't what they wanted to do, and that's cool. You know, like that you should find the atmosphere that's good for you. And so I think, uh, canva the the idea of family and you know the team together. That's been something that's developed over the years and something that ben has embraced fully like he's always there for his guys he coaches the amateurs he coaches you know and and jerry Cannonier has involved like he does that now Mm -hmm. as do all our pros you know um so i think it's something that over time becomes embedded in the culture because it was super important to us at the beginning and so the people that felt like they wanted to be here that resonated with them they wanted that too like, oh, yeah, I want to be part of this culture. Yeah. And that's how it – I think that's how it built.
0: You know, one thing I always want to ask, like, you'll see different guys and they'll fight, they'll fight each other. It's, it's, that's a sport. They're fighting, right? But they really like each other, you know? Uh, but you see other guys who just dislike each other, and that's just natural. You like some guys you don't. Is it different when you're fighting somebody you dislike and fighting somebody you like? I mean, I guess it has to be. Um, for me, I don't, I don't like fighting the
1: coaches and the guys that I like. You know, because there's a certain, you're trying to get a tactical edge, but it does get a little chippy in there from time to time. Uh, But then as soon as it's over, it's done, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, So uh, the thing I worry about when, if there's honest animosity they really don't like each other is that the emotions will run too high when you're trying to do what you're doing. And that's not good. Like, you can't make good decisions when you're over-emotional, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So, uh, but each fighter fights, some people fight better a little bit emotional. Uh, So, I guess that's a a case-by-case basis. Mm -hmm. But for me, it's not really any different. Yeah. You know, it's the same. You just can't let your emotions get away when you really don't like somebody. Because you won't make the best decisions when you're... When you're in fight or flight mode, that's not when you decide stuff. That's not when you make your wise decisions. Right. So if you can dial it back a little bit and just approach it like a professional, I think that's better.
0: Yeah. I mean, this year is obviously different with the COVID and all, all the different requirements of having to be places and how you get to places. But, um I mean, you're all over the place. How, how's like... Your family's all bought into all this stuff. Your kids love it. Your wife loves it. How's 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 the family with all this? uh, Because you're busy. You're a busy dude. Well, you know, this year has been pretty not busy, but the
1: but the three because of COVID. But the as they open back up, it's been more time. You know, I was gone for what 34 days out of 45 out of and in quarantine for a bunch of it. Mm -hmm. So it's been very challenging that way. Uh, but for you know, eight months I didn't go anywhere. So there was one year that I traveled. Uh, it was like 24 weeks in a row. You know, because you do yeah. basketball and stuff, yeah. and that's pretty common for for those kind of things. And it was when our team was the biggest. We had a bunch of UFC fighters, and so 24 weeks in a row I was on the road, mm. and that was hard. But my wife's a she's a she's a boss. You know, <laughs> she's super cool with it. She bought into it. You know, it's always been important to me, so it's important to her. So she's been the best teammate you could ask for.
0: Yeah. how Are your kids into martial arts? They, they, love it? they like passions? it. They
1: think they love it, but they don't love it. <laughs> um, and so they do it a little bit. Yeah. You know, they like it. But, uh, you know, it's something I don't want to push on them. I know it was something I came to naturally. And so hopefully at some point in time they, they see me do it enough. Yeah. It's always available for them. So hopefully they'll come around to it again. Yeah. They all trained when they were little, yeah. And now they get older. My daughter's really into theater and music, and oh, cool. And my son like wants to play basketball, so he's playing basketball every night. And the little one, he likes football, so he's been playing football. Um, and that's good. I don't, I don't care. I yeah. hope they find something they
0: love, and then they can throw their their love into that. Yeah. Um, last couple of questions. So you like I said, UFC has has blown up. Mixed martial arts has blown up. Where, where do you see? mixed martial arts going over the next 5 to 10 years i mean is it just going to keep going up this trajectory as as more people i mean it, it's a mainstream sport it's on espn i mean they're breaking records with their pay-per-views i you know i don't know i know
1: the ufc is a mainstream sport but mma in general like i don't know if it is yet i maybe it is i mm-hmm. got i i think it's got room to grow but uh but it's, there's a lot of fights now and, you know, the UFC has started signing some people that maybe aren't quite ready for major leagues. They're getting rid of a whole bunch of older folks now. Mm-hmm. And they're, they've they saved a lot of money. Their bottom line has grown this year. Like of all the businesses, they've grown. You know, yeah. a lot of other sports did not and are hurting. Um, not the UFC, they keep taking kids that are hungry, want to fight, and they'll fight for cheap, mm-hmm. and they're interesting fights. Like they fight hard. I'm not saying they're not tough people, but as far as skills, they're getting rid of higher priced skilled people mm-hmm. to bring in lower priced people, and it costs them less to do it. Yeah, and that's just a fact. So I'm hoping that that's not a trend that continues. That the hype over substance doesn't continue because it it is a little bit of pro wrestling which is my least favorite part of it Mm -hmm. you know my thing i like about fighting is truly honest like that's it it's you and the guy so i and and all the theatrics and all the hysteria it stops once the cage door closes it's real 100 percent. it's not wrestling but uh the histrionics that go into the Pre-game hype and all that stuff i don't care for that much so i what i worry about is it turning more into that because it's because that's our culture now right like Mm -hmm. 30 seconds of hype and you believe anything people just click on tiktok for 20 seconds and that's their reality nobody researches anything nobody cares they just want that little quick reward and the ufc knows that and that's how they make money so i worry that that'll be more hype than substance so where is it going to be? I don't know. But I hope the the truth remains valuable in there. Yeah. You know, the fighting and not all the other stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah, USC is, I mean, it's, it's a business at the end of the day. 100%. And they, and they, they do a great job with their business. Yeah. <laughs> they, they've done a really nice job this year. Um, where, what, what are your plans for the next five, ten years? S- keep doing the same you're doing? Do you have other, other goals, other aspirations? Well that's a good question um
1: i i thought in terms of the fight and fighting in this life like our gym is going really well and uh and i love doing it and i love the culture here and i, I love that jujitsu and fighting and all this stuff just staying active as a community is is what i do because i've met just the nicest people and they're you know it's cool like somebody like you is very busy And you take time to come in here, and it's valuable for you. You like it. It helps you in your life. I love that. So I hope this is something I'm part of for a long, long time. As far as the fighting goes, you know, I'm getting older, so we'll see. I'd like to have another UFC champion or two. Um, I still am really driven and really competitive with that. But if that stops, then I'll just, you know, help run the gym, and I'll help run the fight team and be supportive that way and just enjoy the people. But I'd say for the next 5 to 10 people are going to be stuck with me still.
0: <laughs> you got some good fighters on 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 the roster that are making some hay and uh, turning some heads in the UFC.
1: Yeah, pretty excited Casey Kenny is going to fight Dominic Cruz, which is a great fight yeah. and yeah. Casey's just worked so hard and deserves it and kyler phillips is going to get a big fight coming up here mario bautista is coming off an injury jared Cannonier i still think he's going to get that middleweight strap you know um, benson's still got a couple of fights left in his career and he's a he's a tough out for anybody so uh yeah and there and there's a whole bunch of youngsters coming up that are gonna make noise yeah um and so yeah that's exciting for me i love it i love the young guys that are starting to grow and you really feel like they're coming into their own. That, yeah. that, that's really fun. Really fun.
0: That's one of the fun things about being around in the gym. You know, I have no, no desire to fight, no desire really even to compete that much, but love the art and, 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 and learning things, but seeing some of the young guys and they're, they're so excited about becoming a fighter and they're so excited about learning. They're in here just work and work and work. And it's, 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 it's kind of fun to see.
1: Yeah, it's awesome. I, that's truly the best part. That's what being a human is about. Yeah. Find some, I for me. I mean, I'm no expert, but, you know, finding something you love and putting your heart and soul into it, trying the best to be a good person. And, you know, and that passion will make you grow and you'll meet people that are like-minded. And it just keeps rolling. And I think that's, that's what being human is all about.
0: Hey, Coach, thanks for the time. Appreciate you being on the podcast. Thank you, brother. You're the man. Thanks, Coach.